weren't talking about things we can do at Christmas time to touch others. At Christmas time, touch the family. Continuing in this series on the Christmas touch, two weeks ago I talked about Christmas is a time to make room for others and being able to touch others. And we looked at the story of, G- of, of, of Joseph and Mary coming to the inn and being told there was no room for them. And yet the innkeeper was able to find room in the stable. Last week I talked about Christmas being a time to connect with those who are overlooked. And we looked at the shepherds, that how they were truly the lowest part of the social system in Bible days. And yet that was whom God decided to bring the announcement, the greatest announcement in human history to this point. And that was the coming of the, of the Messiah. Today, Christmas is a time to touch family. Matthew chapter 1, I'll begin reading in verse number 18. Now the birth of Jesus was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her until she brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. We make a lot of plans at Christmas time. Inevitably, for many people, sometimes these plans don't pan out. Something goes wrong. And it's easy in the midst of these plans going wrong, if many of them go wrong time after time, that we can just throw up our hands and say, what's the use? It's just too much. There is no doubt that Christmas can be, unlike what it's intended to be, because it's supposed to be a time of joy and peace. But for many, it's a time of stress. Isn't it amazing that we can show at times the least amount of tolerance when it comes to Christmas for family. Best part of Christmas, I heard someone say, is being with family. Worst part of Christmas, I heard someone say, same statement. (laughs) It is funny, if it weren't so true, We all know that Christmas time, there is something within us that we seek to want to be with family. And this, because of the many histories we have, can cause stress. We can be together with people who just over the years have developed certain 
relationships and they can grate on us. Past mistakes and relationships and we can get things that are picked up again that aren't dealt with because we don't see them every day. And these reminders can be difficult. What's interesting is some of the issues um, that were related to family were things that Joseph dealt with. Because he knew in this family coming together, he knew anger, heartache, and confusion. So I'm going to focus on Joseph today. Jesus was born. How was he born? Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. Now, in Bible days, an engagement was a whole lot different than it is today. When you were engaged or betrothed in Bible days, that was a binding legal contract. You were as married as married can be. You just hadn't come together in a physical way yet. And before they got together, she became pregnant. Now, let's just be honest and real for a moment. Can you imagine Mary having to explain this? Uh, Joseph, I'm pregnant. What? I haven't been unfaithful to you. It's of the Holy Spirit. He might have given her gold stars for creativity. I don't know. Can you imagine having to explain this? Can you imagine having to hear the explanation? And if during this time a woman became pregnant, it was equated as adultery. In fact, her pregnancy wasn't, if it wasn't shocking enough, the explanation that was given had to have hit Joseph in an, an amazing way. It was simply for him originally unbelievable. And under the strictest interpretation of the Old Testament laws, it was punishable by death. Joseph is faced with a crisis of betrayal. Mary's pregnancy in his mind, before he had this dream, breached a contract. And her explanation, well, it was what it was. He must have thought, and let's be honest and human for a moment, apparently, she wasn't who I thought she was. Ever been disappointed by somebody close to you? This was a huge disappointment. He had to be shocked and humiliated because the betrothal would have been a very public thing. And after all, Mary was carrying someone else's child. These situations come up when we begin to get family together. Often and sadly, we relive and rehearse and relive old scripts, past mistakes, past relationships. It can feel like you're stuck in some time warp where you're stuck in the past. What began as a hopeful time for this new family. And what can begin as hopeful times when we get together at Christmas can lead to disappointment. But the Bible says because Joseph was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public ridicule or public disgrace, that in his mind what he had a mind to do was to divorce her, but to do it quietly and privately. That is mercy. All too often in our culture, when someone does something wrong, the first thing we want to do is shame them in the most public way we can find. 
but righteousness has mercy involved in it. And he wanted to do this and take care of it, but do it in a private way so she would not suffer public ridicule. He tempers justice with mercy. He tempers how he feels with what he knows is right. This attribute is something that we could use more of today. And the Bible equates this, that he wanted to put her away or divorce her privately and not publicly, as that's the reason he was called a righteous man. He didn't seek to come down hard on her. He didn't seek to make a public deal of this. And he didn't want to humiliate her. Obviously, Joseph, before this came, before the angel even spoke to him, his life had been shaped and touched by God. He was a spiritually sensitive man, committed to doing what was right in every circumstance, even in situations where he was disappointed and hurting. He did not want to embarrass her. He did not want to hurt her. He did not want to disgrace her. How many know in situations like that, there was going to be enough hurt to go around? There would be public ridicule. There would be consequences to being pregnant and unmarried. So his solution was that he would move on without Mary. He would break off the pledged marriage, the betrothal. He had an opportunity to vent his emotions on her, but chose not to. He had an opportunity to let people know that he had been wronged, but chose not to. So different from our culture today. Someone hurts me, I'm going to let the whole world know. After all, I've got Facebook. I'm going to let the whole world know I'm in pain today and who's responsible for it. I'm going to tag them. I'm going to make them known all over the world. There's a lesson we can learn from Joseph today, especially when the hurt and pain comes from someone we love and care about and apparently still care about. But then something changed. Joseph made a mistake, and he went to sleep. And the angel came and said, you thought you were going to sleep? Verse 20. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. You have, have you ever had a dream while you're sleeping that basically told you to wake up? Joseph, wake up. You've been drafted into an amazing and special part of human history. Now, I've got to think at some point in hearing this from the angel, Joseph had to think to himself, so Mary was telling the truth. It was of the Holy Spirit. I have some humble pie to eat. Even though this went against common sense, even though this went against 
all laws of nature. This was something that God had stepped into human history and, and had done a miracle. And Joseph learned a valuable lesson. Never, never underestimate God. All too often, especially we as Christians, we underestimate God. It may be hard to not think the worst of someone. It may be easy to think the absolute worst of someone. And never underestimate God. Especially when someone close has let you down. Now you may underestimate them. And you underestimating them may be warranted. But don't underestimate what God can do in their life. Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 20, a verse I'm sure many of you know. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think, according to the power that works in us. And if God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think in my life, he can do the same thing in anyone's life. Never underestimate God. Now, God has established the laws of nature. He has established the laws of all kinds of things, laws of gravity, laws of physics, laws of biology. But when God steps in and changes and intervenes in how those laws happen, that's what we in the church call a miracle. And that's what we need to be as Christians willing to see and seek more today. God, do a miracle in my life. Do a miracle in my friend's life. Do a miracle in my family's life because only you can do miracles. And if God can do miracles in my life, which he has over and over, he can work in anyone. So Joseph discovers that he's part of some bigger plan, and he names the baby. Now, actually, the name Jesus was a common name in first century Palestine, but it was a common name with a powerful meaning. It's the Greek equivalent of the Hebrew name Joshua. This baby is God with us. Aren't you glad God is with us? I mean, church, God is with us. No more distance, no more separation, no more having to wait for a specific feast or an annual feast. God is with us each and every moment of each and every day. And God wanted Joseph to be on board with this. God is with us. So when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel told him to do. Ooh, obedience. What a concept. The Lord commanded him to take Mary to be his wife, take her home, but that there would be no union until after the baby was born. The dream worked, and Joseph is convinced. Anxiety is gone. Faith arises. He provides for and stays with her, regardless of the cost, because the angel came to Joseph. There's no record of the angel coming to anybody else. So how many know Joseph was convinced, but there were more than a few raised eyebrows in Palestine that day. They were all looking, okay, Joseph, but it's of the Holy Spirit. Right. Will you two have a good life together? 
and you're walking away, Joseph is nuts. But he chose to stay with her. He chooses to love her. His character would be questioned. His integrity would be questioned. His morality would be questioned. But he loved God and cared for her and this child. Joseph was willing to sacrifice his dreams, his hopes, and his plans for life. Because now his life was going to be forever changed. He would keep his commitment to God and his commitment to Mary. Sacrificing his own reputation. Church, that is love. That is love. When it doesn't matter what other people say. When it doesn't matter how it looks to other people. I'm going to remain faithful. I'm going to be true. That is what the Bible calls love. Not this nonsense we see in Hollywood nowadays. Love is what God gives in people's hearts and allows them to overcome any obstacle. Joseph was willing to let God lead his life and do something special. Christmas is a time to be with family. Those wonderful, blessed, annoying people. But I also want to suggest that Christmas is a time to be family. Christmas is the time to be family, and there's an important distinction. We spend so much time trying to find the right gift for those we love. We gather not only with biological or close family, but extended family and others. We gather together with those that we, because of the love that's been built over time, that we embrace as family. Christmas also gives us an opportunity to focus on our identity because as church folk, we are family. We are family. And like your biological family, you're stuck with us. I mean, what would this most special of holidays be without family? And the truth is, we're not people who live in a vacuum. We are connected to others historically through generations and in the house of God because of what Jesus did. We're family. We belong to those who claim a common name and a common past. And the bottom line is we follow the example of Jesus by seeking ways to love each other to love one another. They talk about what the world needs more of is love today. I could agree with the sentiment if they knew or had a clue as to what the word love meant. For, for many people in our culture, love has been substituted with benevolence, doing good for others, doing things that help other people. And I don't want to minimize that. But love is something so much more. Love has to start with the one who is love. And his name is God. Jesus is love. That's why when I hear various political groups or various 
different social groups tell love is love. No, God is love. And God is the only one who has the right to define what love is. Love. We belong to each other because we have a common name. Oh, it's not a common name from our last name. And just one look around us, it's not a common heritage. But we do have a common name, and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. We want to learn from Joseph today. There's a passage in the Bible that is often read, and it's a beautiful passage, but I'm going to read it now from the translation of the Bible called The Message. If you've forgotten anything at all about following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in the community of spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push away. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Think of yourselves the way Jesus Christ thought of himself. He had equal status with God but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to it, the advantages of that status, no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave and became human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredible and incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death. And the worst kind of death at that a crucifixion. That's Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. Christmas is a time to love the family. All of us have family members that have inspired in us the absolute full spectrum of emotions. From the most positive and nice emotions to the other stuff. But Christmas is a time to love family the way Jesus loves you. Sacrificed for you and me. Obediently set himself aside for you and me. And if we're looking for a more human example, Joseph's a good one. Put aside his own reputation to love a young lady who is carrying the Messiah. Now is the time to love family. Perhaps it would be a relative that needs your love. Perhaps it's someone that's in your extended family called the church. Whether the person is whoever the person is, let's touch them with God's love. And let's not let that love end on December 26th. Look out for the interests of others, just as Joseph did for Mary. And just as Jesus did for you and me. So I want you to touch your family this season. 
Yes, it's stressful to keep all the family-related plates in the air and keep them spinning. But have patience with those around you, especially children. Don't let them miss the true meaning of this season, which is not the tree, which is not the gifts. It's Jesus. Touch your family, especially those who drive you crazy. I know none of you have any family that drive you crazy. But maybe you can give this advice to somebody else. Help them by encouraging them when they're with family that drives them crazy to guard their tongue. Ooh, now, Pastor, you meddling now. Not only guard their tongue, but keep in mind that they usually have very selective amnesia. Because all they remember is the things somebody else did. You need other people in your life to remind you of the things you've done. Well, I could preach on that for a while. <laughs> Help them understand to forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. Touch your family this Christmas season. Look out for the interests of others. Just as Jesus looked out for your interest, you needed a savior. And you couldn't do it alone. And he didn't leave you there. He set aside the privilege of being equal with God and took on the status of being lowly you and me. Let us follow his example and serve others for the glory of God. Hallelujah. Stand with me, please.